Mind for Life podcast episode number seven. Are the facts the facts? Three, two, one. Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. Greetings, everyone. Welcome again to the Mind for Life podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host here, where we talk about life and how we experience the world around us. The motto is, think better, live better. And today we're going to be continuing where we left off last time, and I want to talk about the question, are the facts the facts? We've heard so much recently in the news about the facts, the real news, fake news, and the truth. And we began this discussion last week, and I think it is an incredibly interesting topic. Ask yourself this question, who do you really believe? Do you believe your government? Do you believe the scientists? Do you believe the New York Times or other media outlets? Well, we're going to talk about all of that in a bit, but before we do, I want to let you know about an exciting new free resource that we have available for you on our website. It's a four-week communication skills development program, and it's available as a free download. Communication is such an integral aspect of how we think, what we do, and how we manage our relationships with others, and this resource is something that can get you started on improving your life, improving your thinking, and improving your relationships with other people. It's available for free on the website, mindforlife.org. Just click on the link and it is yours. So having said all of that, let's start with a question today. Who do you trust and why? Who in this world do you trust to tell you the truth about reality? And why is it that you trust them? Maybe you feel that you should trust the government. Hopefully you don't feel like you should trust the government whenever it tells you something. If history has told us anything, it is that the government will regularly bend the truth, distort the facts, and say whatever it is they need to say in order to get their agenda accomplished. Everyone is familiar with the lie that we were told about the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, when it was first enacted. First, they told us they had to pass the law in order to find out what's in it. This was a direct quote from Representative Nancy Pelosi. Then the president himself went out and campaigned for it and lied directly to the American people. He said, quote, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your plan. And it came out afterward. He knew full well when he was saying that, that that was not true. 
The government then lied to us about Benghazi attacks. They said that it was the result of an internet video when they knew darn well when it was happening that night. They knew it was a terrorist attack. That didn't stop them from going out on television and continually spreading that lie that it was the result of an internet video for up to 10 days after the attack took place. Now, we find out all of this stuff after the fact. And some people will say that the end justifies the means, that our government has to lie to us because it has to do certain things, that lying in order to pass health care was worth it because health care is important. Now, that's a different question altogether. And please, let me say this. I'm not trying to be partisan here. We know that the Bush administration lied to the American people about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq as a means of selling us the the war in Iraq. Uh, I, I would say the same thing about Democrats and Republican administrations. It applies on both sides of the aisle. And I want to encourage you to avoid at all costs what I call ideology bias. Now, what is ideology bias? Ideology bias is believing that your guys are telling the truth and the other guys are lying. Ideology bias is what, in my opinion, has led to such a polarized partisanship in our country where we believe our guys are telling us the truth and the other guys are lying. And the other guys believe their guys are telling the truth and our guys are lying. Don't let your ideology prejudice you into believing that your guys are always telling the truth. And we can agree with people who hold the same values that we do, but we can't get sucked into the idea that these people are always telling us the truth because we know for a fact that people see things through their ideological lenses and they interpret things through their ideological lenses. And though they may believe what they're saying is true, It may not be entirely accurate, or it may be jaded or biased in a particular way. And then, of course, they will represent it that way in how they speak. Being open-minded toward the other side and looking at your own side with a critical eye is incredibly valuable, and I believe it keeps you balanced. Why? Because there's good and bad ideas and good and bad people on both sides. And we need to recognize that. And this is important when it comes to government. Because trusting in whatever the government tells you, whether it's your side or the other side, is always a bad idea. And we need to hold our representatives to account Unfortunately, the institution that has historically done this has become subject to what I just spoke about. Ideology bias has so infected the media that they don't always tell the truth to us either.
I can list hundreds of instances where reporters got it wrong, where reporters left out the facts on purpose, or where they didn't report all the facts, or where reporters had become the unwilling pawns of government in order to politicize or push a particular agenda. Ideology bias can affect any of us because why? We naturally want to believe the people who are like us and who agree with us and who in many times are very likable people. But we need to be careful about this. We need to be able to think better than this and to question both sides, the other side. But guess what? Even more critically... We should question our own side. And see, what we're talking about here is the art of persuasion. We're talking about rhetoric. How do people persuade us to agree with them or to believe something that they're telling us? Aristotle gave three aspects for persuasion. He called them ethos pathos, and logos. Logos refers to arguments that are logical, that have facts and evidence to prove one's point to be correct. Ethos refers to the character and the integrity of the speaker or of the messenger. Are they trustworthy? Do they have the credentials to back up what they're saying? Do they appear to be knowledgeable and credible? Are they likable? All of these factor into why we might believe someone when they're saying something to us or why we may think they are not believable. And the final one is pathos, and this is an appeal to emotions. So when a home security commercial shows a person walking into their home and finding a burglar there, and getting afraid. They're appealing to fear. They're appealing to an emotion. What for? In order to persuade you to buy their security product. That if we can appeal to your fear, we can assure you that you won't be afraid if you use our home security system. Of course, you can see all of these types of appeals in action anytime. Just turn on the TV. And watch a commercial. Advertisers use all of these to try and persuade us to buy their products. The pitch man, maybe a particular celebrity or someone who might be considered an authority, logical reasons, and even your emotions. Why do we need to know this? Here's why. We need to be aware of what's going on around us when people are selling us something. Whether it's a war in Iraq, a healthcare bill, the reasons for a terrorist attack on our embassy, or even a particular type of car or toothpaste. Think about it. Does Matthew McConaughey have any credibility or knowledge on what type of car you should get? Does he happen to be a master mechanic who can vouch for the fact that Lincolns are the best-made cars on the planet? Of course not. But he does have a particular ethos 
that appeals to certain types of buyers. And that's why he's all dressed up and smiling when selling luxury cars on the commercials. Now, you might be asking yourself, what does all of this have to do with the facts? The fact is, the facts are only a small part of persuasion. And guess what? The facts are not always settled and in many times are incredibly complex to interpret. And we will talk more about that in our next episode when we talk about science, scientism, and scientific facts. So join us next week. And thanks for listening today. This has been the Mind for Life podcast. Again, the transcript for this episode is available on the website, mindforlife.org. If you're online, please stop by and give us a visit. We have some resources on the website, the book recommendations, as well as the transcripts and links to all of our podcasts. And I will put a link up for Aristotle's Rhetoric, if that's something you're interested in checking out. You can also get the free communication skills development program that will help you to think and live better. It's free right on mindforlife.org. Help us out if you would, please. Recommend the podcast and blog to your friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media account. The share links are right there under the web player. Also, if you're listening through iTunes, please give us a review. Tell us what you think. You can sign up on our email list on the website for critical updates and news. And I promise we do not spam you. Let me leave you with a final thought for the week. It's easy to recognize ideology bias in others, but where do you see it in yourself? Don't be foolish enough to believe everyone on your side is telling the truth. And the next time you watch a commercial, ask yourself this, what type of rhetorical strategy are they using to persuade you? Ethos, pathos, or logos. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.